But it's a real pleasure to come and share um, the message this afternoon. How many know God's Word is living and active? Tell someone near you, God's Word is living and it's active and active. And so the title of my message today is No Fear. No Fear. I would like it if you could turn with me to the Scripture, Isaiah 41, verse 10. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Here we go. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Here in this uh, passage, we have a prophet, Isaiah, a prophet who had his really had his ears to the ground of what was going on uh, in Israel. He was aware of the times, aware of the climate, and uh, the things that were affecting the nation. And Isaiah 41 gives us a picture of of what the the Israelites were up against. And these verses that we've read were given to help silence the fears of Israel, to encourage Israel in their distress uh, to give them support. Of course, in this chapter also, there is a word of caution uh, for not turning to, to idols, but it's ultimately a message of comfort whilst they're feeling overcome by the, the threats of the enemy. They're feeling suppressed by all the, the affliction. And God says through the prophet Isaiah, he says, fear not, be not dismayed. I've got you. I've not forgotten you. You know, uh, over the last few weeks, I, like you, have been, you know, just very mindful, very challenged by what we've been seeing happening, uh, unfold with the crisis and the tragedy in Ukraine. Uh, and I would encourage every one of us to just keep on, you know, lifting up those, the people that are affected uh, by all of that. How many know that God's heart is for the refugee? And so we need to pray for, for those that are affected uh, pray for politicians, pray also for God to, to help, uh, you know, bring uh, wisdom to pastors and priests out there. It's said that Ukraine's perhaps up to 70% Christian. That's a mix of Orthodox, you've got Protestant and Catholic, but there are brothers and sisters that are suffering out there, and so we need to pray, amen? But not just pray, but also give. Give to humanitarian response. It's great to hear that, just that testimony that Mark was sharing about how those have given to this crisis. But we're living in a time of of a lot of fear around. There's a lot of fear going on around. And we live in a world that is influenced by a culture of fear, of worry, anxiety, of fear of the unknown. And that is often fed through our media outlets and our our news networks, and if we're not careful, we can be easily sucked in, can't we, by what's taking place in this kind of, this culture of worry, this culture of fear. But thank God, we're not a people that are led by culture, right? We're not a people that are led by the media. We are led by the Word, by the Bible. And I got a message for us today, and it's this. It's not God's will for us to have a life that is ruled by fear. And I feel like it's time that we started starving our fears and feeding our faith. 
Say that to someone near you. It's time we starved our fears and fed our faith. You might have to shout it to you across the room. <laughs> the Bible says, fear not or do not be afraid 365 times. That's one fear not for every day of the year. Tell that to the devil every time you wake up in the morning. My prayer today is that we will start to begin to start living in a fear-free zone, no longer restricted and bound by the, the fears of the worries of the day or the fears of the future. Now, the truth is none of us are, of course, immune to fear, unfortunately, but the danger is if we do not face our fears, they can stop us from living our utmost for God. And one thing I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed, that the enemy loves to make us fearful. He loves to make us afraid. He loves to have a field day with our emotions and our mental state. And, and that's one of his chief tactics. He, it was like that during the Bible days, and it's like that today. The struggles that we might face today might be all kinds of fears. Here's a list of a few. The fear of making mistakes. The fear of being alone. Uh, the fear of uh, not being accepted. Perhaps the fear of people. The Bible says that that is a snare. Or maybe you're here and you have the fear of finances, of not, uh, of not having enough. Maybe you're here, you've got a fear of relationships. Or maybe you're here and you've just got a fear about sharing your faith. But God doesn't want his children to be bound by fear. How many know that's true? And there's a cry within every one of us to be free from fear. God is after those who will not retreat or draw back in, in fear that will move forward in faith. And many people seem, you know, that have all kinds of uh, fears as we've listed. Many are bound by fear. Sometimes organizations, um, businesses, companies, even churches can be bound by fear, afraid of trying something new. Uh, wanting sometimes just to maintain the, sta the status quo, to stay comfortable, playing it safe, never really pushing the doors of, of opportunity. But how many know the body of Christ are meant to be pioneers? Can I hear an amen? We're not called to sit in a boat. We're called to be those who step out on water and move forward without the restrictions of fear and start living again. But overcoming fear is something that we can all face sometimes. Maybe some of those fears are very real to you right now. Sometimes it might be a starting a new job. It might be a starting a new business or, or you're trying to figure out where you're going to invest your money. Uh, but you see, there can be no progress without facing your fears. We cannot make any success in life if we always give in to fear. I, I love the story in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, you don't necessarily have to go there, but just note it. Uh, to summarize, Jesus is having a conversation uh, with his disciples, and he revealed to them that all power has uh, been given to him in heaven and on earth. And then he said to them this promise, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Jesus had commanded his disciples to, to go out into all the world and to preach the gospel and to, to make disciples. And this must have seemed, you know, an impossible task for those that had, even not, had, had not even left their homeland. For these unqualified, for these unlearned uh, men, this was a huge deal. Jesus was telling them to do something that he had never actually even done before. And the earthly ministry of Jesus, you know, was never, never really covered much territory. He 
uh, never went to foreign soil. He, he didn't preach in a foreign nation. And yet he commanded his disciples to go out into all the world. And so he left the job of soul winning, of winning the world to these unqualified and unlearned men. I mean, talk about a fearful task. How about the weight of that resting on you, on your shoulders? Jesus later on ascends to heaven and they're left on the earth standing there with this, this command to do what he never had done. It felt, I'm sure, like an impossible task, but they had this powerful promise from Jesus, I am with you always and I have all the power that you need. Meaning wherever you go, I'm going to be there with you. I want to encourage someone today, no matter what challenge or fear that you are facing, Jesus is with you and he has all the power that you need. Amen? He says, don't tremble, don't be troubled, don't be afraid, fear not for I am with you. And if you've got Jesus in your life, you can face anything. Luke 22 Verses 31 to 32 says this, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you out as wheat. How many know that you have an adversary? Jesus said, but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail, will not give up. In the face of that trial that you're, you're facing at home, in the face of that trial that you're facing at work, or maybe you're, you're going through a trial of being bullied in your company or, or whatever it is. Jesus says, I pray that your faith will not fail. And Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying for you still that your faith will not fail. Your faith is the most important thing that you have. It's, the, it's more important than money. It's more important than your career or, or happiness, whatever it is. Because when all of that is taken away, and I, I still have my, my faith that will help me stand. Failure will never be final if my faith does not fail. David said this, in the face of fear, Psalm 56.3, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In the face of my enemies, I will not be afraid. Moving on after that, another scripture, the Apostle Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5.8 that we are in warfare with a lion. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. This is what the devil loves to do to believers. He loves to make you afraid. He loves to, to make you fearful, and it's one of his chief tactics that he's always seeking to do. But God is after a people who will not retreat in fear. We need to have that attitude that says, I'm going to starve my fears and I'm going to feed my faith. It's about time somebody said, I'm, going to, I'm not going to allow my fears to govern the choices that I make anymore. You may be here and in a place where you feel like God has called you. Maybe God has told you to do something, but, but fear has held you back. But the promise from heaven is that Jesus is with you and that he has all power. Throughout Scripture, it's interesting how you find this playing out where God always seems to place people in unfair fights. Have you noticed that? In unequal fights. 
and uh, where it seems like the odds are so against them. For example, in the Old Testament, uh, the story with Jehoshaphat and his army, they're marching into battle against the massive Syrian army with their praise and worship team on the front line. Anybody would have thought that is not the way that you win a battle against the enemy. What kind of military general, you know, would try to defeat the enemy with a harp and tambourine on the front line? There's nothing equal, if you like, about David's little slingshot. And he came against Goliath, whose very sword weighed 120 pounds. But you see, whatever they face, and whatever you face, God was with them. And God is with you. And if he is for you, who can be against you? Even if the struggle that you're facing seems so much bigger than you. As Christians, one of the biggest things I, I think, and I've experienced this, I'm sure you've experienced this, the biggest struggles that we, we can have is the fear of failure. The fear of failure, probably one of the scariest things known to man, failing friendships, Maybe uh, not making the grades, failing to, to live your dreams. And the fear of failure sometimes can be so paralyzing that it stops you from moving forward. Fear of failure is, is, is listed among the top of the worst human fears. It's up there with fears of rejection, fears of disapproval, uh, making mistakes, the fear of being alone, uh, the fear of not being accepted and the fear of people. In fact, I read that, that there are over 2,000 fears uh, that have been identified in human lives. Uh, however, according to psychologists, humans are born with just two basic fears. The fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. All other fears have to be learned. If that's true, that means that you were not born with the fear of failure. You learn to be afraid of failing because of what you've experienced in life. But this is not God's will for your life. God can make sometimes the scariest fears and your worries and your anxieties and make them the greatest opportunities and the breakthroughs. The word fail means to fall short. But listen to this story. I love this story about Thomas Edison. I was reading up and uh, Thomas Edison failed 6,000 times to, to make an electric light bulb that would work. On one occasion, a journalist came to him and said to him, why do you keep on failing, Edison, and trying to make light by, by using electricity? And the journalist said, don't you know that gas lights are here to stay? And Edison replied, I've not failed. I've just found 6,000 ways that won't work. <laughs> what an outlook. There are others we could, in history, Abraham Lincoln, uh, it's said that his list of failures exceeded his successes before he became one of the greatest presidents of the United States in 1861. When you think of these guys, we probably don't remember their failures, but we remember their contribution to the world. God wants you to make a contribution to this generation. You might say to yourself, you mean me? Yes, you. God wants to use your voice. He wants to use your life to speak in light into the darkness. He wants to use your life to bring faith into a climate of fear. You may be here and you're struggling. Even as I'm talking, you're thinking about things, perhaps from your past, and you've got a lot of fear of failure, and you've got bad experiences to back it up. But I've got news for you today. The truth is we all fail. News flash. 
The failure rate of the human race is 100%. Every one of us qualifies for membership in the club of failures, but that does not mean that we have to live with the fear of failure. You know, my oldest uh, son, uh, Evan, he's 14, he's a, he's a baseball player, and uh, we've just come back from being in Barcelona um, last week for the, the European Championships, and uh, I was there as a proud dad, you know, cheering him on. And um, I spent a lot of time with these American parents who are, you know, complete fanatics when it comes to the game uh, of baseball. And so I'm always learning. I'm always soaking it all up. And, um, but baseball is a fascinating game to watch. It's also a very long game to watch. If anybody's ever got to watch a, a baseball game. But what you'll discover is that the superstars, if you like, in the major leagues in the States, the superstars fail to hit the ball 70% of the time. That means for every thousand uh, times that they come up to bat, they will fail to get to first base 700 times. But these guys are considered the best in the game. And so they have to live with that, that uh, rate of failure every day. My point is this. Please don't allow failure to stop you from trying again. If you failed, get back up again. If you got knocked down, get back up again. If you got offended by someone, get back up again. It's time to try again. If you slipped up in areas of, of purity, get back up again. And I feel, you know, it's about time that we started not judging and, you know, and criticizing people that fall, but that we start to cheer them on and saying that you can do it again. You can keep on going. Why? Because the Goliaths of today are all saying to us, why do you make an effort. The Goliaths of today are saying, you know, why do you even line up for battle? Why do you even use that gift of, of yours? Why do you even fight me? You can't beat me. Why do you even try to get back up? But I remember the words of David. Do you remember these words? He said, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Fear, false evidence appearing real, may sometimes speak a big game. But David said, today, all Israel will know that there is a God of Israel. All the world will know that God, there is a God in Israel. God can take some of our scariest fears and turn them into our greatest opportunities, our biggest breakthroughs. God with us is always a majority. He has all the power, all the strategy, all the wisdom that you need. But I want to ask you a question here today. Where do you go when you're faced with fear? What do you turn to? How do you escape when you experience the, uh, the pressures and the anxieties and, uh, of life? Because some turn to media, some turn to TV, the internet, some turn to sin, uh, all kinds of stuff to, to get away. Some go into hiding. I remember um, a number of years ago, I spoke to a, a woman on the phone. She said she'd never, she hadn't left her home in 12 years because of fear. Fear is very real. But if we dive into Psalm 91, Psalm 91, we see Moses describes this amazing place um, of freedom from fear. And I love this. And it's called the shadow of the Almighty. The shadow of the Almighty. I mean, in the wilderness where Israel wandered for 40 years, you can imagine, imagine it was a really hot a desert and uh, no shade except what was what was provided by the tents where they lived. Uh, and their only refuge from the burning hot sun 
was in the shadow of their tents. And so they understood this terminology of Moses uh, used to describe this place in God in the shadow of the Almighty. We live in a world where there are increased threats of attack, financial loss, unemployment, injustice, mistreatment, sickness, all kinds of evil. And so it's not enough for us just to visit the, the shadow of the Almighty from time to time. You've got to stay there and make Him your dwelling place. Let me ask you a question. Have you gotten fearful because of what you have seen and heard? Have you got afraid of not having enough? I want to encourage you to get faith back into your heart today. Because you see, faith knows how to win. Faith has never lost a battle. Ask David when he was running for his life against Saul. You know, ask Moses when he was faced with the Red Sea. Ask Daniel when he was faced with the lion's den. Faith fights fear. And so with all that's even going on with, with, with Russia and Ukraine and its impact across all the nations, it, it's not enough for us just to visit, visit the shadow of the Almighty from time to time. You know, every Sunday and once a week, you've got to stay there and make Him your dwelling place. The team could come up in a moment. 2 Timothy 1.7. If you can note that down. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. God wants to give us the spirit of might and power in our lives. He want us, wants to give us a sound mind. The spirit of God in you is not the spirit of fear. He is the spirit of might. He is the spirit of power, the spirit of wisdom. And so I want to encourage you today not to forget the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you like orphans. I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you an empower to lead you. He's going to come alongside you. The spirit who lives in you is the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You've got this power in the inside of you. You've got the power of the Trinity living in you. That means that you can overcome every obstacle, every challenge that you're going through, every all suppression and depression and oppression. You can override because of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can face the future knowing that He is with you and He has all the power that you need. That means that it doesn't matter how big your worry or your fear is. The Holy Spirit is bigger. He's more stronger. He's more powerful. And He wants to work through your life. I'm reminded by uh, when Mary was overwhelmed. Remember in the story? And she said to the angel Gabriel, uh, you know, how will this be? Meaning, you know, how am I going to bear, you know, be pregnant with the Messiah? Faced with all the impossibilities. And the angel said, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. There's that word again. The shadow of the Almighty. The Holy Spirit right now is birthing new things. He's innovating. He's creating. He's doing fresh things among us. He's working and moving. How's it going to happen? The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And that's what makes the difference. You don't have to manipulate, we don't have to manufacture. We just need to rely on the presence and power 
of the Holy Spirit to overshadow us. I'm mindful today that there are people here in this place that are listening online that are giving in to fear and the Goliaths are shouting you down. They're saying, why do you even try to make a difference? You think you can make a a difference to this generation? You think your friends and family can get saved? Why do you even try? Why do you even give any effort? Today, the enemy would have us bow down to fear and worry and anxiety. But see, David had what Saul didn't have. He had the Spirit of God all over him. And he said, today, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Today, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And so today we can be encouraged. We can be encouraged that God is for us. The power of the Trinity is in us. We can starve our fears and start feeding our faith as we look at the Word. Faith is the most important thing to us. And the truth is that God has got you.